Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for Romans chapter 6. Baptism is in similitude of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The wages of sin is death. Christ brings eternal life. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Since the grace of Christ saves man from the consequences of sin, Cannot one then continue in sin and then simply rely upon the salvational effect of Christ's atonement? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Such a question disregards the premise that the grace of Christ's atonement is accessible only through the ordinances of the gospel. The ordinances symbolize the actions man must take when entering the covenants associated with each ordinance. That was by Bruce Satterfield. Baptism is a sign to God, to angels, and to heaven that we do the will of God. And there is no other way beneath the heavens whereby God hath ordained for man to come to him to be saved and enter into the kingdom of God except faith in Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism for the remission of sins, and any other course is in vain. And that was by Joseph Smith. You can imagine that not just this earth, but all the earths that God has created is the same laws, the same ordinances, and the same commandments. Verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that is, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So baptism is a symbol, isn't it? Baptism this thus becomes the channel by which one is both legally initiated into the church and also spiritually initiated into the blessings of the atonement of Christ. What is the newness of life? Gordon B. Hinckley taught, You have been buried in the water and put away the old man, so to speak, and come out of the water with the newness of life, your sins remitted and ready to do that which the Lord would have you do. What does he expect of me and you? What has he commanded us that we, that we do? He expects us to be good men and women, men and women of honesty, men and women of integrity, men and women of faith, men and women of goodness. That is his great teaching, that we might become perfect even as he is perfect. That is one of the expectations of those who have become members of his church and kingdom. He expects us to love him, to worship him, to do his will. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Those are not idle words. Those are words which tell what he expects of us, to love him and to grow in the pattern of his beautiful life. Bruce R. McConkie said, Sins are remitted not in the waters of baptism, as we say in speaking figuratively, but when we receive the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Spirit of God that erases carnality <clears throat> and brings us into, into a state of righteousness. We become clean when we, receive, when we actually receive the fellowship and companionship of the Holy Ghost. It is then that sin and dross and evil are burned out of our souls as though by fire. Also, as we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we know that that means that we've also been forgiven of our sins because uh, he will not dwell in an unclean tabernacle. Verse 5, For if we have been planted there together in the likeness of his death, we shall, all, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. In other words, the death of the natural man is a slow process. 
that the body of sin might be destroyed or brought to an end, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Joseph Fielding Smith said, Here is a very definite statement that through baptism we have been transplanted from the life of sin to the life of faith and obedience to the kingdom of God. In other words, obtained a spiritual resurrection or transfer from the life of sin to the gift to the kingdom of God, where sin should no longer abound. Christ says, Give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and a branch there. I want to have the whole tree out. I don't want to drill the tooth or to crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand over the whole, the whole natural self, all the desires which you think innocent, as well as the ones you think wicked. The whole outfit, I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself, my own will, my, mine shall become yours. That was by uh, C.S. Lewis. Verse 7, For he that is dead to sin is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. As members of the church, if we chart a course leading to eternal life, if we begin the process of spiritual rebirth, are going in the right direction, then it is absolutely guaranteed, there is no question about it, we shall gain eternal life. Even though we have spiritual rebirth ahead of us, perfection ahead of us, a full degree of sanctification ahead of us, if we chart a course and follow it to the best of our ability in this life, then when we go out of this life, we'll continue in exactly that same course. We'll no longer be subject to the passions and the appetites of the flesh. We will have passed successfully the tests of this mortal probation, and in due course we'll get the fullness of our Father's kingdom, and that means eternal life in the everlasting presence. Verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. It is only through the grace of Jesus Christ that men can free themselves from the captivity of the natural man. When we receive the gospel, a warfare commences immediately. We have to fight continually, as it were, sword in hand, to make the spirit master of the tabernacle, or the flesh suffer to the law of, to the, law of the spirit. And that was by Brigham Young. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For in doing sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin, because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness? God be thanked that ye are not the servants of sin, for ye have obeyed from the heart that formed the doctrine which was delivered you. Neil Maxwell said, We cannot obey, of course, unless we have faith. Paul said that by faith Abraham obeyed. There is an immense insight given by Paul in, this, in his epistle to the Romans in which he praised them and then said, God, uh, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Obeying from the heart is one great key. It is obedience because of the word and not because of imposed circumstances. Verse 18, being then made free from sin, ye, become, ye became the, sons of, the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have as in times past 
yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness and to iniquity and to unto iniquity. Even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were, ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit or benefit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Satan pays his servants with death, spiritual death, death as pertaining to the things of righteousness. Christ rewards those who serve him with life, spiritual life, eternal life, life in the presence of God, enjoying and possessing all that deity himself has. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Henry B. Eyring said, All of us can remember times in our lives when we felt a pull up to be better than we were, to rise higher. The feeling may be may have come at some at about the same time we had the thought there must be something better in life than this sadly there are also times when we felt like giving up and then the thought was something like maybe that maybe this feeling of being miserable is what life is really like maybe i need to learn to live with it it looks as if that's how life how everything else feels but everyone everyone who i have come to know Come to know well even the most discouraged and the most miserable will tell you that sometime in their lives maybe just once that they can remember they felt that upward pull that thought that there had there just had to be something better and higher heavenly father does more than allow you to feel that upward pull he has provided a way to to rise higher almost beyond our limits of imagination not by our own powers alone which would not be nearly enough but through the power of the atonement of his son jesus christ our Heavenly Father not only provided a Savior in the Gospel of Jesus Christ, which teaches us the purpose of life and gives us commandments, but He also provides or provided covenants we could make with Him. And with those covenants, He provided ordinances where He could signify what He promised or covenanted to do, and we could signify what we promised or covenanted to do. In other words, we receive the power of the atonement when we make and keep covenants. That's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.